Welcome to Grit, Guts, and Determination, the Leadville Race Series podcast, and your authority on all things Leadville. I'm your host, Cole Clover, son of race founder, Ken Clover. We want to take you on a journey of storytelling of our now 38-year rich history. We also then want to follow that up with tricks and tips that will get you to that line come August and let our community members have a little say in that too. So sit back, enjoy, and we'll see you this summer. We'll see you at home in Leadville. Well, I've got a hot one for you today, folks. I've got Donna Marie here. Uh, she's a fiery Italian from the front range. It's been so involved over the past five years with the Leadville Race Series. She's moved into Twin Lakes because of the stunning views and calls it home. Uh, she's got three beautiful daughters, a full-time career. She's involved in multiple philanthropic endeavors and has still found a way to be successful on that trail. So please sit back. Listen and hear Donna Marie's story and her journey of when she was found by Leadville. We have a saying in Leadville, you don't find Leadville, Leadville finds you. Donna Marie, tell us, how did Leadville find you? Well, it was about 10 years ago now, and I had a friend who was running the Leadville 100, and they asked me to pace them. And so they drove me out to Winfield. And uh, said I would be pacing Hope Pass. And I looked up from Winfield. And you can't see the summit right from there, but you can see these really tall mountains. Just a wall of mountain <laughs> and tree. Yeah. And I thought, oh, I can't do this. And so you'd never run any of the trails out here? Or? I had never been a trail runner. So about 10 years ago, my life changed and I was, um, I got divorced. And I decided to start running marathons. <laughs> And at first I thought, okay, you got to run marathons. I'm going to run five because you're not a marathon runner until you run five marathons. That's just my own thing that I came up with. Okay. And um, my friend was a trail runner and had run Leadville before and wanted to pace her and wanted me to pace over Hope Pass. And I came out and saw Hope Pass and I thought, there is no way. I remember my first climb vividly when I summited. I said, I could not go back down and come back up. So <laughs> I went back down. They went back to get the car and drove back around from Winfield <laughs> to Twin Lakes to pick me up because a double summit was out of the question. And I paced for three years and I thought ultra runners were crazy. And that would never be part of my life until I had a really good girlfriend say it asked me if I would run in at the Bear Chaser in Denver. Uh -huh. and, yeah, that's a great race. Yeah, and I said, I'm not an ultra runner. I just do marathons, <laughs> and I'm not in marathon shape. But I said, well, let me see if I can run um, a marathon, and I it, it was a marathon going to Colorado Springs, and if I can run that next weekend, and then in two weekends, I'll try the Bear Chaser with you. And so <laughs> I started running the Bear Chaser with her, Got her to 50K, and I felt great that day, and it was my birthday. Okay. So I decided to run my birthday miles, which was in the high 30s. And then I Okay, so you are an ultra runner. <laughs> Take on the same lunatic ideas as the rest of us. Yes, and then you never stop, right? You right. run. So I, at that day, I ran 50 miles and didn't stop at that bear chaser. And then at that point, Leadville still seemed untouchable. For me, I had watched my friend finish and challenge that race, and I had viewed him as a much better runner than me. And so I thought, it's untouchable. I can't ever run that race. But I had definitely caught the ultra bug. Okay. <laughs> well, let's delve more into this uh, rebirth of your running, renaissance, if you will. Um, you know, it's it's okay that there's this dark cloud over you and you were a roadie. It's the same thing <laughs> with a lot of my biking friends and Anyway, like, so, okay, so now you're, you're kind of dabbling in trail running and stuff. Like, tell us more about that. Like, what, what else did you do to get more involved in the community? Or how did that shape your thoughts that you maybe could take on this Leadville? Yeah, so I originally thought I'll do an easier race, a flatter race at first. So I signed up for the Havilena 100 and the Black Canyon 100K. 
Uh, okay. And then I put my name. The Havelina one's a horrible mental <laughs> challenge, and it's hot. You know, the other one's hot, just a real tough race too. Yeah. So, okay. but I got both of those done, and I said I'll put my name in the hat for the lottery, and if it's meant to be, if as if Leadville's gonna find you. If it's meant to be, I'm well, going to get picked. It's kind of already found you at this point. So <laughs> by a good three years, it sounds like. Yeah, so then I... And what, what year were those first finishes for Havelina in South Dakota? So that would have been about, that would have been about, I think, six years ago. I'd have to look. 2000, I okay. think 2013 was my first um, ultra race. Okay. And, um, and then I just kept going from that. I'm not great with all the dates. I kind of try to forget what I do. So. Yes. Well, the, <laughs> same the, with the, the pain cave you enter. I try to try to forget it, but, um, yeah, I think it was 2013 was my first okay. race. Okay. Well, you know, we wouldn't be in business with the Leadville race series <laughs> if the brain remembered pain like it does pleasure. <laughs> And that's why a week later we're getting your entry, right? Yeah. Well, and it's always funny. The day, the, the day when you're doing the race, you're saying, I'm never going to do it again. And then the day after, you're like, I can't wait. Right, I'm ready to right. sign up. You already forget. Give it one day and you already forget. So then after I finished those two races, I put my name in the hat for Lego uh -huh. and I got picked. Okay. <laughs> and what year did you get picked? What year were you picked for? I'm not great with dates. Well, but so. just... I've run yeah. five Leadvilles, and that would be, and I didn't run last year because we didn't have COVID. Right. And so it would have probably been 2014. Okay. Because um, I've run five. I've finished three of them, and I have two DNFs. Well, that's the next segue I want to talk about is those DNFs. Um, you know, because we always talk about the highlights and, and most of the people listening, a lot of the people introduced to the marathon, which we just have had uh you know they don't realize the pain we go through or that sort of things and i i know your character personally so let's talk more about those dnfs what happened so the first year when i got picked it was the also the year my father died so my training was off and i a little bit a little bit That'll yes do it. and i was going through a lot of other things um as well and so at that time i was a single mom raising three girls mm. working full time and my father had died and we were handling that and I was traveling back and forth out of state so the longest race and the only race I ran going into the Leadville 100 was a Leadville marathon okay. <laughs> and I that was the longest training run or anything I did that okay. whole year so when the race came up I had fresh crew members. None of them were ultra runners. Uh -huh. None of my pacers were ultra runners. Uh -huh. They were just my good friends that I run with every morning down in Denver. Okay. And yeah. who were all supporting me and kind of overcoming life. Yes. And, um, the as, race, as were you. Yeah. And that race was like, okay, if I can overcome the Leadville 100, I can handle anything that comes my way in life. Sure. And I, when I showed up at the starting line, I said, oh no, I've only run 26 miles. I made it that year. It was the year of the fire. We had bad fires, so there was yes. a lot of smoke. And I have asthma. And I made it to um, inbound to turquoise. Okay. So I think that I think that's my I mean, yes, yeah. that's painful. Oh my <laughs> goodness, yes. And at that point, I was like, I'm done. And my crew thought I was going to die because they'd never seen anyone run that far. Yes. <laughs> and I had just come down off a power line. And at that point, I thought, there's no recovering from this. I can't. I can't right. really get the rest of the way in. Right. So we called it good. And we went to the Delaware. And I laid on the couch. Right. Okay. But so. the next day, I woke up and said, there's no way that I can't finish this race. Yeah. It haunts you bad, oh, right? You, yeah. you probably moved. A little better than you thought you should yeah. be when you woke up. Yeah, and, and the next day I was like, I could have done 12 miles. I made it. Look how far I made it. And so from that literally the next day on, it became the mission of my crew and team um, to get me to the finish next year. And I put in for the lottery again, and I um, decided I would train a little bit more. <laughs> well, and so let's let's take a pause here and let that be a lesson to all of our listeners um, I mean, you got to get it done. You got to put in the time, you know, uh, but you're going to come back once you try it. And if you're not successful, we see people go two violent directions. Oh, I remember the one time I was 
it was the start of the, the race and I had finished one, thank gosh, because I was running behind a person and he said, this is my 10th try. I've never finished. Uh-huh. And I said, you're still coming back? <laughs> D said, yes. Ooh. And all I thought to myself was, I don't want to be him. I well, get and that's, done. that's very rare too. We've had, we, our good friend and all time rock star volunteer, wild bill, bill Moyer. Um, my God, I think it took him 13 tries. And when he finally hit that line, there was champagne and fireworks and everything. But Yeah, so I, I wanted to make sure I got it done. So then I finished the next two Leadville 100s. And I, like, Leadville became my home. It was where I wanted to be. Um, Denver's great, but that it, I love being in the mountains. Well, and I before we get on that, so after you finished that first Leadville and, and you decided – you know, you were more committed than just a one-time thing here. Were those other finishes any easier after having made that up in your mind? Or, so, or I ha- because I had that same rule that I had with the marathons, I said, well, now I've got to finish five ultras. So I, okay. I've got to <laughs> somehow finish five lead belts. Or at least I have to get two under my belt because one could be lucky. One finish well, could be lucky. And you're betting odds going with, <laughs> going with five, which seems like, yeah. So I said, I'm going to keep going. So I signed up again because I wanted to prove that it wasn't just luck that I finished this race. And, um, uh, you know, it's it's never easy. And there's always different obstacles every time you do it. And so the challenge is, the allure of the challenge is every year. And when right. In January or February when... I know the names are going to be picked for the lottery. If you're not putting in for it, you just wish you were because the yes. excitement's there. Yeah, the FOMO that is, it's created in your life. Yeah. Yes. And if you are putting in, you just can't wait and you're hoping your name's on the list. So um, I became hooked. And so then I finished number two. Then that my third year, well, actually it would have been my fourth year, um, I was in a bad car accident and so my training was off again and my back had hurt. But this, I was living up here at the time. So I thought I can probably conquer it. And I um, still showed up at the starting line. Mm-hmm. And I had a great, excellent crew. Um, and I made it over Hope. And usually when you make it over Hope into Twin, you're good to go. <laughs> and so I left Twin and I thought, I'm going to have it. I've got it. I'll, I'll finish. But I found myself in outward bound aid station DNFing. Okay. Um, could I have pushed on? Yeah, I was fine on the cutoffs. Yeah. But I think Leadville's a mental game. I mean, as well as you need to be in shape, but it's a lot of a mental game. And that year, once again, I wasn't at both times I didn't finish. My brain was not committed to finishing. And I think just like your dad says when he gives that pep talk, you have to be committed to finish when you show up at that start line. Well, yeah. So you're on the trail not thinking about the next step and then it starts to be a whole series of steps the wrong direction yeah i mean that happens in shorter races too just like this weekend when i was at the marathon and i saw you cole and i looked up at mosquito pass and i thought i'm done and i had just run a 50 miler the weekend before and my legs were shot and i'm about Uh to start crying and you're looking at me and you're like you can do this you can do this and i'm looking at you like I don't want to, <laughs> but you start moving and you get going and you, I, all I could think on like this weekend's race at the marathon is I want to be part of that Leadville family again. So I want right. to finish this race. I want to come in and see Ken and Mary Lee and I want to be part of that family. And that means I've got to take one step at a time, but even the marathon, you know, so here I'm uh, finished, you know, I finished Leadville mm-hmm. and I'm at the marathon and I get to the top of mosquito pass i'm at four hours 10 minutes i go i gotta make negative splits to get down here and done right and well <laughs> that's true um everybody else doesn't know how tough you are necessarily so you know on a much more sensitive subject we've got to kind of take a step back and talk about you've had some clotting issues and that's drastically changed your outlook for the 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 time right now. And, um, so why don't you tell us about that, how it happened, how you're dealing with it? Yes. Um, getting all the way back to where, what occurred with the marathon. Yeah. So two years ago, after I did the Leadville 100 and finished with a PR and I was all excited and I was feeling like in the best shape of my life. And two weekends after I did, 
um, maroon bells for pass loop and um, then went out and did another hundred. I had um, a pain in my forearm and I got misdiagnosed as tennis elbow, but I kept going to the doctor saying, I can't breathe and there's something wrong. And I had swelling and I had swelling during the Leadville 100, but it's always hard to tell, is it? Oh yeah. Cause you're yeah. going to swell anyway. Yeah. So it's this altitude, you're going to swell and do you have your electrolytes or your water, right? Or, you know, and the temperature can vary from year to year, day to minute to minute here mm -hmm. that you just don't know what your, your body's reaction. Um, and so I, I ended up getting um, a, a couple DVTs and, um, and I had to have surgery for them. It ends up that I have um, neurogenic and vascular thoracic outlet syndrome, which is fairly rare. And so a year and a half ago, uh, we, um, I underwent vascular surgery and surgery to... Um, take my, remove my pec minors and roof my brachial plexus, which is all complicated medical terms, but basically just to get the blood flow back to my arms mm -hmm. restored. So I have some swelling and, um, which is now due to my vascular system and hard to monitor. And it's taken me a long time to get back out there and run into now I've got to watch different things and my swelling and my electrolytes. I, I could clot again, um, fairly easily and so I have to take those precautions for that. And then trail mount running, mountain running when you're on blood thinners is risky. So um, I have a great team of doctors who knew I was an ultra runner. And my vascular, one of my vascular surgeons is an ultra runner. And I said, I want to get back out there. And one day I will get back to the starting line of the Leadville 100 and go out on my own terms and finish that race one more time. But I have to watch so many more things and my body's just not the same that um, it, it takes, I'm a little slower. So, you know, the marathon was hard. I was watching all my friends who I used to finish with be much further ahead of me. And I knew I was coming up to a big climb and I was gonna be at 13,000 feet. And my arms would probably swell. And when you don't have working pec muscles, it's a lot harder to use your poles <laughs> and to propel yourself up. So my body works a little differently. And um, it's scary. It's a lot more, it's scary for me, so. Um, I really wanted to prove to myself that I could finish a Leadville race again. And so yesterday was a big day. And so sometimes everyone's like, well, you're a hundred mile finish. And I thought it was funny. I, my number was 100 for that race. It, yes, it was. <laughs> I, that irony was not lost on me either. Yeah. So I was like, Hmm, one day I will be back. So it was great to see you and to push up that mountain and then say to myself, okay, I, I chase cutoffs at the Leadville 100. I can chase cutoffs at the marathon. <laughs> And make this happen. And so I, I had time to spare when I finished, which was really nice. And it was great to get that hug and just be back with that family and see your dad and Marilee and you. And it was really emotional coming down thinking I'm back. I'm, I'm back in the family. It was very emotional for all of us, for sure. Yeah. Um, but once again, you're selling yourself short, <laughs> uh, you know, like, so this is a year and a half ago. You did take time off. After surgery, obviously, you have to, but you haven't been sitting around and, and you've been walking, which is very intelligent, but you've done some races. Let's talk about this. Let's hear what you've done in that time between now and the marathon and what each of those looked like and, and how each of those progressed or if there was setbacks. Yeah. So I, last year with COVID running was not really the same. So I came out here and ran because I live out here. So in Twin Lakes in the summer and I um, ran, but when I tried to do the marathon course uh, by ourselves, you were there. <laughs> uh, yeah, it took me more than eight hours. So I would not have finished. No, no, time. no. That's no, you did all the miles and you got to the line. <laughs> And, that, yeah, yeah okay. and my swelling was pretty bad there, so it was hard. Uh, your to... swelling was really bad there, um, and and I'd love for you to hit more. The, the reason I'm cutting in is because I remember, you know, seeing you at the resurrection and, and yeah. having a little bit of fear of what could occur. Um, I remember us taking the time to, you know, get you rehydrated and get your arms above your head and really monitor your swelling. 
Tell yeah. us more about that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm. Mean, you were there at the aid station, and I have a good friend, Jessica, also a blood clot survivor, who was there, and um, I really wanted to go on, and I luckily <laughs> shocker. <laughs> I had friends who were willing to wait for me and help me get up that mountain. Again, shocker. <laughs> so Sarah, Courtney, and Jessica were ready. Um, you helped uh, keep everything calm, and you know help you know, make me take a break because I didn't want to take a break. I'm used to pushing through and I don't usually take much time at aid stations. So I was like, I can't sit here. I got to keep going. <laughs> and um, we got my swelling down and I, I finished that, which was really important for me to finish. But this year was like, I need a real red Leadville race to finish. So, um, but the marathon scares me. I will not lie. Every year, even when I'm doing the hundred, the marathon is a tough race. Oh, yeah. It scares everybody. Yeah. So it, it scares me. And so you and I come up during the weekends in the wintertime, but I'm not here full time in the wintertime because I'm a teacher um, in Aurora. So I usually do collegiate peaks. Um, so I did the collegiate peaks 25 miler this spring. Mm -hmm. And that went really well for me. My swelling was manageable. It seemed like I was starting to get that under control and be able to manage that a little bit better, but I still didn't feel great about the marathon. So I last minute signed up for a new race in Buena Vista called the spirit trail. And that was a marathon. And that race, um, was hard for me. I had trouble controlling my heart rate. It went, um, to 195, which is really high. Did it have a lot more climbing than like collegiate peaks? Or, no, or just so your, okay. same amount of climbing. I think I, you know, Different days, different things you've got to mitigate. Mm -hmm. I think I was tired from the end of the school year, and I have a daughter who's graduating high school, so <laughs> I'm busy as a single mom with all of that and a lot of emotions, and I think your emotions can really affect how you run or how you feel. Oh, and yeah. so that day I was tired, and my body felt tired. So I think when my heart rate was up, it was the climbs, and I was like, I'm tired, I'm dizzy, but I've been running long enough to know just to kind of sit back. Yep. and um, catch my breath and take my time and just move slowly, but not necessarily give in to the panic. Mm -hmm. And so I, that, I was really happy to finish that race. And then I was signed up for Squaw Peak 50, which I wasn't committed to. I was help. Um, my uh, boyfriend was <laughs> is training for lead man. And he really wanted to get in shape and do a 50 miler. And so... Uh, you know, he thought you can do it with me. And I was reading about that race and I was like, I don't think I can do this, but I said, all right, you know, take it like Leadville one step at a time. And I did that the weekend before this marathon. And, um, my, I was able to control my swelling cause I had a lot of times that I had a lot of time banked so I could hang out at rest stops. And even with the heat I was able to. So this Leadville marathon, my swelling was I mean, like when I saw you, it was pretty good. Well, yeah. So this was the first time I saw you and it seemed pretty normal. Yeah. And I thought, okay, all right. So I'm starting to feel like my body's back. We'll find out. I'm doing the 50. I'm not doing the 100 this year, but I'm pacing at the 100. So I'll be doing the 50 and hopefully my body will kind of readjust. But it's a, you know, it's a different, it's always about, I love the community. So I want to be part of the community. I'm slower. You are part of the community. <laughs> You were part of the family. You were part of the community. I always say when I'm done running, I will volunteer at aid stations <laughs> to continue to be part. But um, uh, so, you know, it's just such, it's so important to me. So mm -hmm. I will be doing this, uh, the 50, which I think is another hard course um, out it's there. It's a very hard course. Yeah. Most people say it's like the 100 with the easy parts taking out, <laughs> meaning that there's nowhere to rest. You're, you're up or you're down. Yeah. Yeah, um, and it's exposed. A little bit of a round and yeah. a lot of exposure. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, and once again, congratulations. You just finished that marathon. You're going to do the Silver Rush 50. Is there anything else right now on your calendar? Or is that kind of, a, you know, a regrouping point for you or a celebratory point? I mean, it's a big milestone. This was a big milestone. The big goal for me is to be on the starting line and see the finish line of the Leadville 100 again. But I, I'm going to go this kind of the same way I started my ultra running. So I am signed up for the um, Havily Not 100K. I'm considering signing up for another race across the years because I need a fair amount of time to control my swelling and give an attempt at 100 mile and just see how my body holds up. Mm -hmm. And then at that point, it would still give me time to put in for the lottery for um, 
for Leadville again. And so I'm hoping to be back at the Leadville 100 start line within the next couple years. Um, I have to listen to my doctors, which right now they say no for 100. But um, what do they say for 50s? They say, well, it's, so it's this is the the rule for me is I'm not supposed to run consecutively more than a 10K a day. I can power hike for 24 hours a day as many days as I want. And one thing that the Leadville 100 course is if you're a really good power hiker yeah. and you can run some, you can get it done. Yes. And I am a strong power hiker. Everyone always says, I can't, like at the Squaw Peak, they go, how are you... I can't even run and keep up with your walk. And if you learn to power hike, and if you can power hike those climbs, you can really bank some time. And so my goal is to really perfect that power hike so that I can see the start of the 100 and follow my doctor's orders as well as um, get to the finish line. So, Yes, and uh, there's been a lot of good power hikers that have been very successful here. Yeah. So that's, I mean, and I think it, you know, I, I know from my strategies in the past and my years in the past that I can power hike a lot. So I will, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be there. I'm going to get her done. Well, yeah, I'm not sure I've really ever run much of that back 50 yet myself. <laughs> so let's be honest about that. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, so, okay. So, you know, now we're learning a little more about you. You're a front ranger and a part-time resident. What's that like? Uh, Where are you on the front range? Where are you local? How much time do you spend at each place? And and which do you enjoy more? Well, uh, my end goal, it's always end goal ends up in Leadville or Twin Lakes, I guess. I would love to retire here in uh, Twin Lakes full time. So I bought a place in Twin Lakes, which overlooks the lakes and stares at Hope Pass to remind me of the lovely climb. Um, and I'm a teacher in Denver, so I'm basically back to teach and I come up during the weekends and, um, all of my breaks and, uh, and am here running, but I, it was really important for me to get involved, not only with the race series, which is easy to get involved with and volunteer at, but with the Twin Lakes community. Um, I love the small town feel. I love that I get to go to the grocery store and see people I know or walk down the street and that you can make an impact in this community. Mm-hmm. And um, so that is really appealing to me. So I have kind of plugged in in both the in Leadville for the race series and in Twin Lakes in the local community. Now, have you plugged in the same back on the front range at all? or No. Okay. I mean, I'm a teacher there and I've coached there and I, my kids are involved there. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm not, uh, I'm plugged into my work there and my children there. Sure, of course. Um, but I tend to like the smaller community here uh-huh. to get involved with. So I'm really involved with the school that I work at, Cherokee Trail High School in Aurora. Um, and then after, that takes up most of my time between being a single mom and um, <laughs> teaching and running. And then I also, I'm an art teacher. So I teach visual arts and I make my own art for the gallery up here. So, and yeah. up here, Twin Lakes, Leadville. In, yeah. In Twin Lakes, right behind Punky's food truck. Um, we have a gallery. Um, what's the name of the gallery? It's shooting star gallery. And, um, you'll see our sign right, uh, there behind Punky's and there's a great seating area. We have happy hour on Friday nights during the summer. We're open Memorial day, um, until the pass closes until independence pass closes. And that kind of date kind of fluctuates from October to November. And um, it's really busy. You would be shocked at how many people stop through there. Well, I don't know that I would because I know that, you know, that's a road between Aspen and Twin Lakes. And those are some of the best parts of the country or world one can find. Oh, yeah. The view from downtown (laughs) is wonderful. And the commute, the community is really great. So the local businesses all really support each other and encourage you. And also you guys have supported um, the local businesses, the Legacy Foundation. Well, before we dig in there, though, like you talk about how close they are and everything, um, you know, and, and we know you haven't wasted any time getting plugged in. What are some of the things you've done with Twin Lakes specifically? So um, we have a group called Friends of Twin Lakes, and it helps the local community there and helps build 
um, infrastructure. It takes care of all of the common grounds, like when you're running out of the hundred miler <laughs> and there's those porta potties there in the visitor center. Yeah. Um, they help take care of that and um, have a person in the visitor center as well as local cleanups. The schoolhouse, um, right next to where the aid station is. Uh huh. Yes. Um, we have functions there. We have every other uh, bingo every other week, which is, I know everyone laughs at bingo and I'm only 45. So we have it up there, but we have community bingo and it is a hoot to participate in. And just, it has that, you know, there's prizes and that whole community feel and the general store there um, is great. Bob put up a sign recently that shows the 38 mile, I think it's 38, Point one or something. You know, Bob has been so supportive. Um, that sign just really warmed our hearts and made our day. Absolutely. I mean, they, that whole community rights really instrumental, but yeah, he's, he's stuck out even a little bit further. And yeah. And, and I know he, um, when you shop there the day of the race, he helps donate to the legacy foundation and, um, from the proceeds, of shopping there, which is great. Other he, plugs is if you hike Mount Albert or Massive or something that day and you go into the shop, he will reward you with a discount on merchandise. Yes, and he, I saw, I was there today and he gave a guy his Mount Albert sticker for free because <laughs> he had hiked Mount Albert. He made, got a beautiful poster of Hope Pass made. Yes. Yes, yes that I have hanging in my house. Um, and I have a Hope Pass mug. It just <laughs> reminds me that this is a mountain that's dear to my heart now. If, considering the first day I saw it, I was scared out of my mind. It is my favorite place in the area um, to well, be. Well, yeah, every morning I see hope. I know there's faith. And yeah. You, you also have that every morning. Yeah. So, so yeah, I actually I made a print of Hope Pass in the gallery and um I gave you one. And, yes, you made yeah. a very beautiful wood carving that's hanging right in the middle of my house. Yeah, so I, I paint that mountain often from <laughs> my deck and and remember all the fond memories of, and just the relationships you build, training on it, climbing it. Yes, um, yes. Yeah, and it's just, it's got a beautiful meadow up there before the last <laughs> final hike that I, I, I like, you know, where the llamas are during the race that I really love to, you know, some days I just hike yeah. up there to sit there and you can see Leadville. <laughs> yes, you can. Which is, you know, you're like, I really run that far? <laughs> Same thing when I hike Mount Massive and you can see town and I'm like, Whoa. oh, yes, long approach. Yeah. You know, seeing town from Hope, Columbine. Yeah. And, and then from that, when you came down the marathon and I could see Turquoise and I thought, oh, oh wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's only a few miles right out of town. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yes, yeah. 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 But this area is so beautiful. I mean, this is where I want to be. And I love the community and the people are really gracious and nice. I mean, I, you know, I live, I live in Pan Arc up here in Twin Lakes and we did forest work where we cut down our limbs to make sure the fires don't spread if they happen. And, you know, my, I wasn't going to be there the weekend we were getting it all shredded and my neighbor's like, I'll pay for yours to get done and I'll supervise <laughs> it. And it's old school. I'll take your garbage down. Oh, right. you need help getting here. Well, you know, everyone takes care of each other and, such a great community to be involved with it. And, and it's the same when I volunteer for the, you know, every year I do, um, I help with packet pickup for the marathon right? and to be reunited <laughs> with the same group of people and welcome new people yes. that volunteer. It's yeah. like, okay, I'm home, right. you know, right. and that service to the community, which is what's been great to watch what your family has done for the community with the legacy foundation is as a teacher, it's dear to my heart <laughs> to take care of students and to know that um, the Legacy Foundation takes care of those graduating seniors and helps them um, get and then get to college with a scholarship. And then when COVID happened, um, you know, all the local stores around here, your uh, the Legacy Foundation really helped with. So in Twin Lakes and that bridge we run across for mm -hmm. camp um, wouldn't have happened without the generous donation of the Legacy Foundation. And that's something Twin Lakes was really excited about. Um, so you can, you don't have to cross through the water to go up Hope. You can take the bridge and up to Willis Gulch. And um, that support was really great. And we, you know, we have a ton of campers in Twin Lakes. Yes. <laughs> and, the, um, you know, the fire pits and the fires are always an issue in Colorado. Mm -hmm. 
and we're uh, the Legacy Foundation is helping us build the firehouse, a closer firehouse, so we don't have to depend on um, <laughs> all the way in Leadville to get all. Of, yeah, that's a little bit of a trucking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, those community things. I I think when you race a race, you don't always think about the impact it has on the community, and um, it really helps. You know, you guys help the youth of the community and you help the uh, people who live here and you help the people who visit be able to enjoy it to the fullest. And um, that's great to be involved in. So when I run a Relicville race, I know that it's also helping my local community. Well, yes. I mean, you you and Chris have both even plugged in so much as to become ambassadors for the Legacy Foundation. And, you know, of course, we appreciate that. Uh we couldn't do it out with, without that kind of support. I mean, you're the new voice of the race and the new, you know, the community hears you better than they hear us sometimes. And it, it's a great partnership. Um, so there's been overlapping between the two. Um, you're selling artwork down there in Twin Lakes. We know you're a teacher. Um okay, you're a single mom, but I want to hit on that in a second. But so how do you manage the time just with that? Or how do you find a rhythm? I mean, you can hit on your daughters, but I want to highlight them later too. I will say it's a family decision when I decide to commit to Leadville because they know my training and race schedule is going to ramp up. And they (laughs) also know that I need their support on race day to be my crew. And so I do have a family meeting and ask my girls if they'll be part of my race and um, help me get it done. And they're very supportive because they love the family just as much. They've become really involved with the community and um, they like volunteering and helping. And um, it's been very welcoming for them. You know, I like to be busy. And yes. I have a lot of energy. And so um, this and I'm happy here when I'm out on the trail running and when I'm in twin lakes and Leadville, I'm happy uh, and I'm really full. My heart's really full. So I tend to have more energy. So, um, I just kind of take, it's kind of, you know, living life happily and racing happily. is kind of the same thing there. Sometimes there are bad days <laughs> and you feel overwhelmed yep. and just like there are bad miles and you feel overwhelmed. But if you just keep moving forward, you're able to accomplish so much and see that finish line. Um, I just try to, you know, be the best mom I can. I include them in everything up here and running. I do run, um, with a group of girls that I've run with for 10 years, um, three times a week in the morning in Denver, just to keep my miles okay. steady. Yeah. And this year they had to do a lot of walking with me. So I was, uh-huh. yes. <laughs> I was like, I can do three miles when I'm walking and they're like, wait, you signed up for a marathon in a few weeks. How are you doing that? I'm like, well, power hiking's key. <laughs> so, um, I, I do keep, you know, some road miles down there, although I don't know if I'll ever do another road marathon. I love the trails too much. And um, and then I come up here and kind of plug into the community. I'm trying to learn how to mountain bike. <laughs> You're doing fine. <laughs> so I'm getting trying to get into that community as well. But I just, you know, I, I think the secret is up here is a wonderful place for your family and children Mm -hmm. and to be outside and live in the outdoors Mm -hmm. and to have those adventures hiking. My kids have hiked um, Mount Sherman with me, Mount Elbert with me. We love the fall going to Interlochen and Twin Lakes. Um, And we play family game night and it's just a different (laughs) world. I have, you know, not gotten internet up here so that I can still, um, kind of embrace the good old world of, you know, family game nights and dinners and they helped me make art. My daughter helped me on the, I decided to work at the gallery as well as showing my artwork there this year. And my first day on the cast registers, my daughters all participated, (laughs) but that's the kind of community it is that you can still do that. And so. Well, sure. Um, but you're obviously very entrepreneurial and very leader oriented in your life. Also, um, there's reason that you're here with me today. Um, you've heard me say it a million times. Leadville's founded on the backs of strong women. The unsinkable Molly Brown, Baby Doe Tabor, so many more. Our first Leadville Trail 100, when we started the bike, the first person to do the run in the bike 
There was a couple. There was a guy, Jonathan Zeef. He also did the marathon with you. He's one of my favorite guys. But there's a woman, Barb Dolan, from Buena Vista that kicked his butt and most of our butts. And she's done it in burrow racing and all of that. But I definitely see a lot of that in you. Um, we've met your daughters. We've all met your daughters and shared a lot of time with them. And it's very easy to see that that apple has fallen from the same tree. Uh, one of your daughters has just gone through a very significant milestone. Why don't you tell me a little more about them? So I have an 18-year-old who is just graduated high school, got a scholarship, and going to CU Denver to be a nurse and an extremely hard worker. And then I have a 15-year-old. She's working at the general store with Bob <laughs> for her first job. And, um, and then I have a 13-year-old, uh, Isadora. They are all dyslexic which is taught them perseverance at a young age. I, that's something you didn't share with me. Yeah, so they're all... I am too. Oh, <laughs> me too. <laughs> Although I can hide it well as an art teacher. Oh, I can hide it 100% <laughs> today. And so they've learned perseverance through that, and I've watched them. There's actually a borrow racer, and I don't remember his name, but he um, came and talked at the Yes Group in Denver, which was really involved in helping... Um, youth with dyslexia. So I've watched my kids overcome a lot. And um, being a single mom, I wanted to prove to my kids. And, you know, I remember my first marathon when I saw them at mile 20, it was a Colfax marathon. I said, um, at mile 20, you can do anything, girls. I never want you to forget that you can do anything. All you have to do is set your mind to it. And it was like at that marathon when, you know, just yesterday, I was thinking, I don't want to face my girls and tell them I quit. I, you know, right, right. I, you know, I want to tell my girls that I gave it my all and I dug deep. And when I was at Squaw Peak, I was helping some new runners and there was a girl who had never run, um, uh, an ultra and she was having some hydration issues and throwing vomiting. And I sat down with her and I said, listen, you're going to vomit. You're going to reset. And I used your dad's words. You can do more than you think you can. And <laughs> yes. I was like, you just got to dig deep and do it. And she actually at the end of the race hugged me and called me St. Donna. <laughs> and she was like, thank you so much for stopping and helping me. And it's been great to give back to the community that way. I think that's why I love ultra racing is we're all from different walks of life and I can be running up Hope Pass and I'm huffing and puffing during the hundred and Ann Sherman can be running by <laughs> me and he'll be in the lead and he'll say to me, you look great. Keep it up. And I'm like, he's the lead runner. How right. does he stop and talk to me? Or, you know, or someone will give you, you know, just this weekend at Squaw Peak, I had run out of electrolytes and this lady was, we, we they just had called two minutes to get out of the aid station before we were going to get yanked from the race. Right. She's like, I'll find you the electrolytes. I'll find you the electrolytes. They'll give you the shirt off their back to help you finish. Yes. Yes. And, um, you know, you need to surround yourself with those kind of people in life. And my daughters, um, I wanted my daughters to have that role model, both male and female. Yes. And uh, Leadville is a place to find it. It is. Yeah. And it's a great community for them to learn things from and um, a great adults that are doing great things and that have overcome many obstacles. And um, those people have really taught my children a lot. And so I feel really blessed that they've had the opportunity to meet, you know, people like David Clark and um, you and your family and other ultra racers here that have overcome things. I mean, it's amazing to... Um, see a runner line up for the hundred and you know either one arm I, he goes by this one arm willie yes, yes. And so uh, <laughs> so i uh, but when i would see him it would be inspiring to yes. see him oh, or yes. or um this weekend um you know dave we, mackey yeah, yep, yep dave mackey was there and for my kids to see that and know that they can you know i say running leadville teaches me every day that i can overcome my worst day mm -hmm. and whatever's coming my way and, um, and then when I'm in life, I'm saying, I finished, I'll say to myself, you finished Leadville 100. You can conquer this today. Right. You can overcome whether it's divorce, whether it's loss of a child, whether it's blood clots, whether it's loss of a job or, you know, just, we all have things in our life that force us to make changes we don't necessarily want to make. And running the hundred miler out here and, and, and for some, the marathon, you're adapting to whatever comes your way. Taking those Leadville lessons. Yeah. Through. And you're ha always having to mitigate and you're always having to surround yourself 
with the right people. And right. I think that's really important. We, you surround yourself with the right crew yeah. when you're running these races and you surround yourself in life with the right people. Yes. And then to take it a step further, you get into the right community. That's going to help you be the best person you can be. Mm-hmm. And Twin Lakes and Leadville helps me be the best person I can be. Um, and it gives me those opportunities to give back to the community, to volunteer um, and have that family and then show my kids that. And so sure. that's been the greatest gift of having a place up here is that my kids get to feel that small town community and watch them all help each other. And you meet, you know, I'll meet people at the Buena Vista race. Like I met Mrs. Sandoval one day and I was like, who's this older lady running this race? And she was kicking my butt. And that was in a Salida race. And she was all, you know, and I was, and she stopped and talked to me and became a, you know, I was like, this is a woman I can admire. And here she is out running and you know, you'll meet people from the Leadville community all around this area. Oh, and for sure. You, you take those life skills. And I said, okay, well, when I'm older, when I'm in my sixties and seventies, I can still be out uh-huh. here. Uh-huh. And when I see, you know, Doc and Dennis riding that bike race, uh-huh. and you know, I watch Chris train every year for Leadman. And I watched the new, you know, my new friends that are training for Leadman this year. I said, you know, you can do more than you think you can. And you can overcome all these things. And those lessons you learn when you're training, mm-hmm. when you're with that commu- community, and when you're on race day, help me manage my time and manage my life on a daily basis. Whether it's an issue at work or an issue with my children or, you know, life, you know, brings you. Well, and that's, yeah, that's definitely what we live for. And it really makes our day to hear you say that. And that's the goal we have with absolutely every athlete. Um, they're not athletes. They are our family. And we say that, you know, you know, yeah. it, it's just, it is so close. Um, and, you know, so we've talked about a lot of characters <laughs> and, uh, and a lot of things you take forward from the race. Um do you have any good stories, good or bad or otherwise, about Ken or Mary Lee and meeting them or other times on the trail with them? Well, I think at first, when I first came up here and when I was pacing, they were kind of more of like a myth. Like you'd see them and you, your dad can be a little intimidating. Oh, yeah. To <laughs> me still, for sure. Mary Lee is a, a lot softer. And so, um, you know, I'll never forget that first hug I got when I finished the one the 100. And... I got to know them better when I was part of the Leadville 100 uh, camp. And so sitting with them and eating was a little <laughs> less intimidating. I, when your dad would speak at the big talks, I'd be like, I don't want to fail. I don't want to let this guy down. <laughs> and, um, well, we don't want you to lose that part. <laughs> That's kind of the takeaway of the whole deal. <laughs> and so, you know, you want to make him proud. You know, you feel mm-hmm. like, you know, he's another father figure when you come across that line. And she's another mother figure when you come across that line. And, you know, it's so great to get those that hug at the marathon and, you know, to be able to look in your dad's eye and be like, you know, know in my soul and gut that when I was looking at Mosquito Pass, I didn't want to go on. <laughs> yeah. And I still went on and I could look at your dad and be proud of myself that yeah. I continued to dig deep. And I think that's really been the positive. And now I've gotten to know your family and you a lot better. Um, and, you know, I love those conversations <laughs> we have and 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 seeing your dad in another light although i would still be scared to let him down because i know <laughs> if i quit the race now he would hold me accountable oh, you, <laughs> let's be very clear you should be more scared about letting him down now before i probably could have gone you away are his kid. daughter now and yeah that's not good <laughs> yeah so that would be i mean i think my first memory is just watching him talk and then you know merrily there and then getting to know them better at the camp i love the camp. That's one of my favorite weekends in the summer doing the Leadville 100 camp with the, the newbies and kind of getting to share the knowledge and, um, and then the old people that have been involved for it that come back and still do the camp just to kind of have some good training runs. So, um, and then you get a lot more personal time with them. Well, and that's a good turning point here. I'd love to hit on that a whole lot harder. Um, so, I mean, you've definitely cracked this code of what it takes to get through this beast. Um, what advice would you give first and foremost to your family members here to get them to that line, to help them taste that same success? Well, yeah, first of all, I'm an average runner. I'm not, uh, you know, super fast. I'm not, you know, it takes me work. 
And so I think it's possible for anybody to do. You just have to have the right mindset Mm -hmm. and say you're going to do it. Um, I have not hired a coach, but many people do, and that really helps them. I've really surrounded myself with the right people who have done it, who have been here. Um, I'm stubborn, and I, I'm, I like to persevere through things. So that has really helped me get it done. So I truly really do believe, and when you see people out there um, that look like they're overcoming so much, that anyone can finish this race if that's what they want to do. And um, I would say it's really important to set yourself. I, I would do the camps. I would, and I would absolutely do the race series and train up here. And my first year I might do, you know, I'd pro- maybe do the marathon and the 50 and really get some mileage in. And then the second year, you know, bring in that hundred miler if you were worried about the altitude or whatever, or some people just go for it, you know? So, but I would definitely um, have a multi-day approach up here. I would get training in on the course. Absolutely. Knowing what's coming is really Nice to know you push then when you can run the flats here and the camps are really great to kind of share that knowledge. I think the other thing that is really important is getting the right crew and right set of pacers. So at first my crew didn't know what, what ultra running was all about. And, and at mile 88, they let you walk. Off. Yeah. And they thought, Oh my gosh, look what you've done. Right. So what do you tell the girl in your shoes. I would say make sure you have somebody on there that's exper- seen, experienced, or been part of an ultra race. So they know you can push through. You can look like you're on death's doorstep and you can push through. Okay. And you, if, I always say it hurts for 15 minutes. You know, my IT band would hurt for 15 minutes. I'd be like, oh my gosh, I'm done. My leg's cramping. And I'd be like, in 15 minutes, something else is going to hurt. And I'll forget about the leg and you'll move on. And it's crazy you know, how that can, you know, that can happen on these races. You're, there's going to be things that are going to get from, you're going to twist an ankle. Maybe you're going to have to walk through that. You're going to forget your favorite socks or your, um, I, I forgot my gaiters this weekend. And I was like, I can't let that ruin my, I can run this race without gaiters, <laughs> you know? So there's going to be mistakes. Your pace, you're going to leave an aid station without the right fuel and you're going to have to push through that. And so I think knowing I think you always need to start, show up at the start line saying things are going to go wrong. It's not going to be perfect. And I'm going to be able to mitigate those things yes. and overcome them. And you've got to set your crew up and your pacers. So they're able to handle those things. I, a, a, a crew chief that really knows you is great. That knows how hard you can push and knows how hard you want it. So uh, two years ago, I really wanted a PR and I quietly whispered to my crew chief about a week before and said, I really want a PR. I'm not going to really tell everybody that because I'll be happy with a finish, mm-hmm. but I really want a PR. And, um, I, so I came, I was about, I was right at the railroad track. So I think I had four miles left. Just le- just under. Yeah. Yeah. And my daughter was getting ready to pace me. And I looked at my crew chief and I said, uh, can I still make my PR? And she said, only if you run 10 minute miles for the rest of the way. <laughs> I thought, I just run 90-something miles, and you want me to run 10-minute miles? But in my back of my head, she knew what I wanted. She, right. You, you know, now have the right support. Yeah. And she knew. I knew I was going to finish. Motion. And she knew to set me up with an appropriate, like, I could do it. So I said, all right. So um, my friend Jessica hopped out of the car and helped my daughter pace me in. And Chris was driving the car next, you know, down the boulevard saying, you keep going, keep going. <laughs> And so I just kept running and I was able to get my PR. But I think, I can't, I think it was like, uh, you know, it was over 10 minutes. I was like, oh, I could watch. <laughs> well, it's a good thing you didn't know that. I didn't know that. But... On the flip side, though, have you seen anybody else or yourself make a very bad mistake and, and it cost them their race that could save these same family members of ours? So, I, you know, I think. I, I have learned for me, I really need to eat whole food. And so I think nutrition is something I watch a lot of people struggle with. And I would practice with your nutrition and really have that dialed in. The other thing at Leadville that can throw you for a loop is the weather can change. So that year I dropped and I was at Outward, the hailstorm came through Mount Albert. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And I had left Twin Lakes. I said I was really hot because I was really hot from climbing over Hope and yeah, coming down. down low and, and I said, I didn't need my pants. Yeah. And your crew chief needs to have the power to veto you. Okay. And um, she kept saying, you need your pants. I don't need my pants. I'm going to go on shorts. I'm so hot this time. 
and then the hailstorm came. So I think, um, you know, dressing appropriately, I tend to get hypothermic. So I carry heat patches with me, which is another hint. I have heat patches always in my pack. I also carry one of those silver blankets. It's really light. Uh-huh. The other trick that I use um, is my uh, pacer carries a walkie-talkie with me, with them. Okay. To walkie-talkie. Because usually when I'm running is when I think about life in general. But I will <laughs> say to my pacer, I'm going to need this. I'm going to need this. I'm going to need this when I get to the aid station. So I'm rattling stuff off. And she can walkie-talkie that back. But one of my favorite moments on the race course for me is when I'm – I love – the um, side of hope coming into Twin Lakes. So when I'm coming mm-hmm. inbound and that's what gets me over hope again, because I'm like, it's all padded with pine needles. It's really yeah. not that padded no, on a regular but day, but it's, it's all, <laughs> but, but uh, when you're at mile, you know, 50 something, it's feeling really padded and it's just beautiful. And you hear the Creek coming down. My girls at the bottom of that, my, um, my pacer will, when we get close enough, will uh, walkie talkie in. And my girls will either sing to me or and tell me there's that flat section, that two mile flat section right yes, here back in town. The bog. Yeah, and I just want to, I just want to walk. At that point, I'm like, I've run the downhill, I'm gonna walk, and I'm close to cutoff. I'm usually I have an hour, and my girls will tell me, hurry up, mom, so you can spend more time with us, and they will cheer me on, and that's kind of a trick for me, knowing my kids are in Twin Lakes, so setting those people that are really important to you at the appropriate spots. Yes. Um, to give you that mental, like when I'm coming in at mile 38, I'm always crying because I'm uh-huh. going to see my girls for the first time for yeah. the race. Yeah. And just knowing that they're going to be there and they're part of my crew. And then they always, you know, meet me with a Coca-Cola. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. Instant, instant validation <laughs> yeah. of everything. And sometimes this last race, they gave me real sandwiches like ham and cheese and lettuce sandwiches and pizza. <laughs> and so I'm eating real food and, they know my race well enough to know what I need. They'll like one of my kids will take off my shirt and change my shirt for me. The other kid will be feeding me the, and filling out my electrolytes and just seeing my kids at those parts of the race is really important for me. And, you know, having pacers that can handle your moods. Yeah. And um, I love to be talked to when I run the hundred, but I don't want to talk back. Right. And so I love that they sh- save TV shows. So they like, you know, my friend Joanna saved the Game of Thrones and talked me through. The, I've never watched it at this point. Talked me through the whole Game of Thrones over Hope Pass. And my other friend, Caitlin, who's a Triple Crown winner for the Borough Race, she will always have good stories about her animals for oh me. Oh, God, okay. <laughs> so she keeps me going. And so I think having those people that really believe in you, yeah. that know how hard you can push and make it. Like, it was great to see Gary and you at the marathon this weekend and those hugs and those high fives and you know and sometimes it's people you don't know but when I was going out Mosquito Pass this week there was a girl and she was a half marathoner and she went she goes great job marathoner you're looking great and I'm like I don't look great <laughs> but just those like people you know that yeah. give you those so surrounding yourself with the people that will give you the energy and you know and when you can do it it's great to be able to give back you know now when I'm in good shape when I was coming down Mosquito mm-hmm. Pass I was able to say, you know, you're almost there. You're almost there. You just got to keep moving forward. You can do it. You can keep, you know, you can do more than you think you can. And um, I would say that's really important. Don't come out here and think you don't need a good crew. <laughs> and and now you can race Leadville without a crew. There are plenty of people who do that. But you've got to know what kind of runner you are. And most of us find out it takes a village. Yeah. And the altitude is tough. And... Um, you know, it's great, you know, and, you know, people love to support people. Mm-hmm. And so why not let them partake in your accomplishment? Some of them will never run a hundred miles. So if they can be part of your dream, it's really important to other people. And, you know, I hope one day one of my girls will decide to run this race and I'll be crewing them and passing on the torch. And, you know, it's great this year I'll be pacing at the hundred and to be able to give back and, um, know what it takes to do a double hope. Yep. And, uh, be up there and you know you have to strategically place the right people you have to know your nutrition and you have to know your gear in leadville the weather can change and you can get that hailstorm out of nowhere it can be snowing on the top of hope pass and it can be 80 plus degrees and you're in the heat when you're mm-hmm. coming into twin lakes and so you need to be prepared for all of those things and i think getting out here and running and meeting other runners in this area is really important if you're going to conquer this race. 
So I've got one more question for you. Yes. What do you think of when you hear the word Leadville? Oh, that's easy. Family for me. It's home. We'll take it. it. It's my heaven. Okay. So thank you very much for your time. This has really been a treat. Is there anything else you want to share with these people? No. I mean, I hope to see them out there. I'm really loud. (laughs) And um, if you see me out there or if you need anything and you're running um, one of the Leadville races, feel free to ask me or hit me up and I'll gladly share more um, tales about the trails. And um, if you're at the camp, I'd love to share those uh, moments with you and help you get to your finish. Well, thank you so very much for your time. We'll see you at camp. There you have it. Another fun episode with our good friend Donna Marie. Uh, If you like what you've heard, don't forget to give us a subscribe wherever you're getting your podcasts. And we'll see you at home. We'll see you in Leadville.